say it again. Spending time in God's presence will elevate your life. Or I can create it later since Dad's writing it down. It's recorded. Well, it's recorded. Let's all record it down inside of us, because that's where we need to get a hold of it. You know, um, I wanted to do that. I felt drawn to do that, because when we praise and worship Him and we usher in His presence, it puts us in an atmosphere for Him to move. And that's what we want in our life. We want God to move in our life. We want to be successful. We want things to work out. Because how many of you know that the devil roams about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour? You know that? That's what the Bible tells us. He's seeking, or he's out to steal and to kill and destroy. He's going to do everything in his power to ruin your life. That's his job description. But guess what? You don't have to be devoured. Amen. And that's something to praise God about. Amen. And as I was praying and preparing and talking to the Lord about the direction that he was going to have me go when I spoke the next service, since I'm going to be doing it once a month, I said, Lord, what, what do you want me to share? Like, I want to be, you to, I want to be used by you in a way that will help other people achieve what they need to achieve in you as well. Because it's not just about me. It's about all of us. We're all the body of Christ, and we all work together, and we all have different strengths. And that's why Dad says so many times to bring your supply, because you may have what somebody else doesn't. And it takes all of us to accomplish the work that he has for us to accomplish in the world today. And when I was praying about it, I mean, I started getting so many ideas, and I'm like, you know, in my mind, I was like, there's so much I want to share, but I can't fit all this into a message, you know? I'm going to have to condense that down way too far. And so I got thinking about it and I had the idea to do a message series. So over the next several months, this is part one of a message series on Jesus, everything you need. Jesus, everything you need. And this part one is going to be about the Good Shepherd. And... Who believes Jesus can do anything? Amen. It's easy for us to say that when we say he can do anything. But what if I told you that he already has? What if I told you that he already has? I believe. Because when God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross, he paid the price for everything that you would ever need right now. It's already been taken care of. So many times we look at it the wrong way. We believe Jesus can do it, but we don't believe that he has done it or that he is doing it for us, that it's already taken care of. So over the next several months, we're going to be learning more about Jesus and the building blocks of faith and how we can put them into practice in our own lives. Because the key to all this is that we receive a heart knowledge instead of a head knowledge. Because how many times do people read something on the internet in a book or whatever and they think they know how to do it? But when you actually go to apply those principles, 
it's not always as easy as what you read. It may be the same way in the Word of God. We have to learn how to apply the Word in our life. We can't just hear it and know it in our head. We have to know it in our heart in a way that when those things in life come against us, we know how to put it into practice. Because if we don't put it into practice, it's not going to work. And that's the key. So we have to learn, first of all, about Jesus and how to apply his principles in our life. And my goal in this is to create a firm foundation in him. We want to create a firm foundation in him so that we're able to withstand the storms of life. Who in here has had storms in their life? Everybody has. We all encounter storms in our life. You may be going through some right now. And in order to be successful, we need to know how to stand. We just went through a tropical storm this weekend. And we had wind and we had rain. But we wanted to be in a home that had a secure foundation. And it's the same way in our own life. We need to have a secure foundation. So turn with me to Psalm 23. That's where I want to start. Psalms 23. Everybody should be familiar with this psalm. It's a psalm of David. And it's, the Lord is my shepherd. And it reads like this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And the first thing I want to bring attention to in verse 1, it starts out like this. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. He is our shepherd. And that's where I got the title, the good shepherd. Because Jesus is a good shepherd of his flock. And when I was looking at the word shepherd there, I, I pulled up the Strong's Concordance. And it said, the meaning that went along with that was generally to rule. And that's to lead or direct. But then it also said, by extension, to associate with as a friend or a companion. You see, Jesus wants to direct you, but he does that by developing a relationship with you. He wants to direct us. He wants us to do the right thing. But in order to do that, he's got to have a relationship with us. He wants a companion. 
He wants you to be his companion. Just like Dad was talking about earlier, when the Holy Spirit has spoke to me. If you don't have a relationship, you're not going to be picking up what he's saying to you. And so how's he going to direct you if you're not listening? You see, the sheep listen for the shepherd's commands. We don't really see shepherds and sheep here, but that, that was commonplace in the day of old. But the principle still applies. When the shepherd says something to those sheep, and you can see it with your animal, if your dog is trained and you tell him to come, he's going to come or he's going to sit or he's going to stay. Because he knows your voice. It's the same way here. The sheep recognize the shepherd's voice. And that's our job, because we are his sheep, and we have to learn how to listen to his voice. Do you hear when the Lord is speaking to you? And if you do hear, are you allowing him to lead you? Or are you trying to do things your own way? I'm sure all of us have fell on both sides of that fence at different times. Because it's easy to want to do things our way. But when we've developed that relationship and we're listening and desiring to please the Good Shepherd, we listen for His voice and we allow Him to lead us in the direction that He has for us, whatever that may be. And we learn His voice by spending time with Him. By spending time with Him. And I'm going to tell you guys a personal story tonight. I don't talk about it a whole lot. But Dad talked about this morning about peace. And living in peace. And when you have peace in your home. Well, there was a period in my life where my home was the opposite of peace. The opposite of peace. As far away as you could get from it, that's what it felt like. And for me, it felt like attack after attack after attack. And, and I was raised in church. I had a personal relationship with God. I knew different things. And I'd cry and I'd pray and I'd cry and I'd pray. And it didn't seem like anything was changing. And it just kept getting worse. And there was a period of time where my husband and my son couldn't even be in the same room together. It had gotten that bad. It was, when you want to talk about strife, it was like ready to rip somebody's head off kind of strife. And that's a difficult place to live in. And I didn't feel like I could do anything right. And I'm sure both of them felt the same way at different times. Because no matter what I said, or no matter what I did, I was wrong to one or the other. Or I, the one felt like I was siding with the other one, and vice versa. And it was constantly back and forth. And it was, a, it was like living a tug of war. Day and night and day and night. And it was miserable. There's no kind of peace when you're in an atmosphere like that. And... I'd call dad sometimes and I'd talk to him about stuff and 
like, maybe just pray about it. Let me tell you, I wanted to scream because maybe just pray about it was not cutting it for me. But I had not learned yet how to pray the way that the Word teaches us to pray. So when he said, pray about it, I'm still begging God to change my situation. And that's not the way God works. And I have been taught in the Word, just like Dad talked about earlier. It's been over 10 years that he's been speaking and teaching, which this was around about that time. But I was sitting on that back bench by myself. Well, Dad had been there, and then he ended up getting up. And I was praying because at that point, I was at the end of my rope. Has anybody ever been at the end of their rope? I didn't think I could hold on any longer. That's what it felt like. And I was sitting there, and just as clear, God spoke to me and said, if you want your family, you are going to have to fight for them. And it was in that moment that I realized I was going to have to change what I was doing and the way I was doing it in order to see results. And so I got in the Word. And I started speaking positive confessions over myself, over my family. I started speaking restoration and life. I started speaking the word. And let me tell you, nothing magically changed overnight. It was a process. But this time I knew what God's word said, and I began to act on it. And as I began to act on it and speak on the word, slowly, things begin to change. And you know that listening in a relationship takes two parts. It takes two parts. You can do all you can do on your side. But it also requires listening from whoever else is involved. And finally, over time, because we all play different roles in this with different people. In the story of life. And the things that we do and we say have an effect on somebody else. So just like you can speak someone, speak negative to someone and cause strife, things that I would say or things that Curtis would say, we learn how to say them in love. Did it take practice? Yes, quite a lot actually. It didn't happen overnight. But in those situations as they presented themselves, we learned how to apply the Word of God, to operate in love. And those things begin to change our situation. And now, Curtis and Tyler have a great relationship. They have a great relationship. Matter of fact, 
he just come in. We went over to Dad's for lunch today, and he came in the house. He said, you want to come out here and check out my new pole with me? And they went and fished in the pond for a little bit. He desired to spend time with him. And that's what happens when you create relationship. You desire to spend time with each other. And just like Dad had said before in, in messages, he knew I was going through a difficult time. And in order to help me, he knew that I had to learn how to fight these things on my own. It wasn't him praying for me that was going to make it happen. And it's the same thing in your life. Now, you can call for the elders of the church to pray in certain situations. And yes, those things do apply. And you can plug in with somebody and their faith in your situation as you pray for it. But you're going to have to put some effort in on your part if you want to be successful. So he started instilling things in me, aside from just our teaching. And he'd tell me, he'd say, you're a mighty woman of God, full of faith and power. And over time, I started saying those things about myself. And I started believing those things about myself. And guess what? Those things started happening in my life. My strength started to build. I still remember sitting in my office one day, and I don't remember what I was going through. A lot of the times then when we get through situations, we don't even remember what was happening in the moment. We can remember how we felt and, the, and that sense of, like, I was nearly in tears. I think I was in tears actually. And, and he reminded me, instead of talking about what I was going through, he said, what does God say about that? Or what does the Bible say about that? I don't remember the exact word that he used. And I began to say those things. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And I'd speak different scriptures that I knew that I had put inside of me. And as I began to do that, you know how when you're talking to someone and they've been crying and they got that little crackle in the back of their voice? It started to get stronger. And it started to get stronger. And by the time we were done with that conversation, I wasn't crying anymore. Because the joy of the Lord is my strength and I had renewed my strength in Him. But it required me doing that. It wouldn't work for dad to say those things. I had to say them over myself in order for them to make a difference in my life. And he continued to encourage me in the word and to remind me of who I am in Christ. And I'll tell you today, because you'll have people that will come into your life and they'll be like, that doesn't work. Prayer doesn't work. God isn't real. You can hear all kinds of things. But it's a little too late for somebody to come tell me that God's word doesn't work. Because I have experienced it in my own life. 
So they can talk to their blue in the face and it won't make any difference. Because I know that I know that I know God's word worked for me. And I know that if it worked for me, it'll work for you. You just have to learn how to apply it to your situation. So, I challenge you. Get to know who you are in Christ. Because that is the key. You've got to know who you are in Him. So when the devil comes against you, you'll know how to stand against him. Because if you don't know who you are, you will never stand against him. And stop looking around, waiting for the Lord to do something in your life. Because you have access to everything that you need inside of you. That is how you access. Everything you need is from the inside of you. That is why the Lord sent the Holy Spirit to help us and to guide us. Because Jesus is living inside of you, and he is everything that you need. And we've got to get a hold of that revelation. Jesus is everything that we need. And I tell you, the Holy Spirit is so good. Because revelation knowledge is life-changing when we get a hold of it. And I'll give you an example of that. Turn with me to Philippians 4.19. Philippians 4.19. It says, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And I've read that verse. I've heard it spoken hundreds of times. But this time, something jumped off the page. Because God's word is alive. And if you will allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you, he will bring it to life for you. And what jumped off the page? We say so many times, but we don't finish it. You know, God will supply all our needs according to his riches and glory. But guess what? It says, by Christ Jesus. By Christ Jesus. How are you going to get your needs supplied? By Christ Jesus. We look at it as... God's going to supply all our needs, but we miss out on the how part. And he supplies them by Christ Jesus. So we got to get a hold of Jesus inside of us. The Holy Spirit spoke to me when I was reading. He said, when Jesus becomes everything that you need, you will have everything that you need. When Jesus becomes everything that you need. You will have everything that you need. Jesus wants to become real to us. He wants to be a part of us, have that companionship and that relationship with us because that is how our needs are met. Go back with me to Psalms 23 for just a minute. We're going to look at verse 1 again. He says, the Lord is my shepherd, 
And then there's a semicolon right there. And the Lord is Jesus. The Lord is my shepherd. Semicolon. And a semicolon, when it's used in grammatically, it is used to connect two related independent clauses. It's used to connect two related independent clauses. So I want you to think about the two parts of this verse. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. Semicolon. I shall not want. So, if the Lord, or Jesus, is your shepherd, and make it personal. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Make it real to you. If the Lord is your shepherd, it says, it connects these two, you shall not want. Dad just spoke a couple weeks ago on shall being the strongest word in the Bible. So, guess what? If it says you shall not, there should be no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You shall not want. And when I looked up want in the strongest concordance there, it said the words that went along with that were cause to fail or have lack. So if the Lord is your shepherd, you won't be caused to fail. You are not going to fail as long as the Lord is your shepherd. He said you shall not. You shall not fail. Or you shall not have lack. You shall not have lack. That's what the word says. I didn't say it. Jesus said it. Because Jesus wants to be everything to us yes, amen. so that he can provide everything through us. Amen. Jesus wants to be everything to us so that he can provide everything through us. You are his workmanship, and you are the way that he works. He works through you. He works through me. So, when we get Jesus down on the inside of us, and we start to think like he thinks, and we start to act like he acts, and we start to do the things that he did, he's able to minister to us, and we're able to minister to those around us. Back to Psalms 23. I want to go through a few of these verses and break down some things that, that stood out to me. The first one that said, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Hallelujah, as Christians. Yes, hallelujah. Thank you. He's a shepherd to all of us. Yes. So that means that verse applies to you. Get a hold Get a hold of it. Because if that applies to you, you shall not want. I don't care what it is. I don't care what your need is. It doesn't matter how big or how unbelievable it may seem to you right now. Jesus has already taken care of it. He's already taken care of it. You shall not want. 
2. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. That's telling me he will refresh you and give you rest. He will refresh you and give you rest. Are you feeling weary or run down in your body? Are you struggling with some things in life? Just imagine you have, it's, well, it's fall, spring. I think spring one. I think of this. You know, when all the grass starts to grow, and it's just all plush and soft and everywhere, and it's the bright green after, you know, dry building. Just imagine that. Imagine those pastures of green grass. And imagine just going and laying back in it. Just pretend there's no bugs or anything out there. Just <laughs> lay back and relax I'll and enjoy yeah, some rest in his presence. Yeah, because he will refresh you and he will give you rest. Verse 3 says, He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. And what that says to me is that he guides and he restores. He guides and he restores. So if you're following him, he will lead you on the right path. You don't have to worry about going off in the wrong direction. As long as you're listening to him. We don't have to mess up in life. We just have to not have to hear what he's saying. He guides and restores. Verse 4 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. What we is that when you go through tough times, and we all do, when you go through tough times, he protects, he comforts, and he corrects. He protects, he comforts, and he corrects. A lot of us want to leave the correction part off. Because correction isn't always fun. But if he's going to lead us in the right direction and we're going to listen to him, sometimes we have to adjust the way that we go. We might have to change the way that we're speaking to people. Or maybe even the way that we're speaking to ourselves. Because I can tell you, there's a lot of people that say a lot of negative things about themselves on a very regular basis. Guess what? Jesus didn't say those things about you. So if Jesus isn't saying those things about you, you shouldn't be saying them about you either. We should be saying what God says about us. And we should believe what God says about us. And if we will do those things, we will have the things that God says about us. We just have to put them into practice. Verse 5, it says, Thou preparest a table before me, in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. And what that verse told me? It says that he has chosen you 
and set you apart. And he provides everything that you need in abundance. He's chosen you. And he set you apart from everyone else. You are his children. God loves us. And he wants the best for us. And he provides, when he is our shepherd, he provides everything that we need in abundance. He says our cup runneth over. That means you have more than enough. Back to like we said before, on you shall not want. You won't have any lack. You will not have any lack. You will have more than enough. Verse 6 says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And what this tells me is that he is always with you. He is always with you, both here on earth and in heaven one day. Because if he's our shepherd and God is living inside of us, Jesus is living inside of us, He's walking with us everywhere that we go. You're not alone. Sometimes we may be feeling like we're doing things alone. But if you have Jesus, you're not alone. The devil may tell you that, and he may whisper in your ear, and a lot of people fall for it. A lot of people fall for it. But he's telling you, you're not alone. And not only am I with you here, but you're going to dwell with me yes. forever. Forever. Yes. It's not going to stop. It's just going to get better and better. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. So Jesus is everything that you need. But you have to experience him for yourself. I can't do it for you. You can't do it for me. He will be everything to you if you allow him to. So I'm going to give you guys some homework tonight. No, everybody hates the idea of homework. But I'm challenging you, and myself included, to spend more time at the feet of Jesus. To spend more time at the feet of Jesus. I want you to find out who he is and who you are in him. We all need to do that. Find out who he is and who you are in him. Because while I'm not going to give you a test to see if you are listening to me or not, life definitely will. You don't have to listen to me, but you need to listen to him. Because you're going to have things that come at you in life. Difficult things. And you, when those things come your way, you're going to need to know how to stand on the Word of God so that you're not taken out or taken down by the things that come against you. Because, as I said in the beginning, the devil is out there roaming about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And guess what? He wants to take your head clean off. But if you got a hold of Jesus 
and you know who you are in him and who he is, all you have to do is speak to the devil and he will flee from you. That's what the word tells us. So I challenge you again. Learn who he is and then learn who you are in him. Because when those attacks come, I want to see all of us pass with flying colors. I don't want to see people I care about failing. God has a heart for his people, and he wants us to be successful. So pray with me tonight. Lord, I thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that something that I have said has ministered to the hearts of those here. Lord, I pray that you will help us put these principles in operation in our own life. Lord, that they will get so deep down inside of, inside of us that no matter what, some, what happens, what someone says or what someone does, it will not change what we know about you and who you are and who we are in you. And Father, I thank you for that. I thank you for your word, and I thank you for the Holy Spirit. And I thank you that you're teaching us to listen for your voice, because you are our good shepherd. And as sheep, we hear from you. And I thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.